Today on the Be Sexy Plants podcast, we have Sharon Palmer, known as a plant power dietitian. Sharon has established an award-winning career in the field of plant-based nutrition and sustainability. One of the most widely recognized registered dietitians in the world, Sharon is an accomplished writer, editor, blogger, author, speaker, professor, advisor, and media expert. Living in the sustainability mecca of Ojai, California, with her husband and two dogs, Sharon enjoys tending to her own organic garden, visiting a local farmer's market, volunteering in local environmental organizations, and cooking plant-based meals for friends and family. Hello, Sharon. We're so excited to have you on a podcast today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for uh, asking me to join. Um, obviously, you have you have such a long history and journey in the plant-based dietitian field too. Um, but pick us up. How did, were you always uh, in it, or what was it? Was there a, a journey? And I'm sure you had a journey. What was it? What sparked you going into this? Yeah, I was actually raised in a plant-based family. My parents, uh, wow. morally and ethically. Uh, we're trying to be vegetarian and we ate mostly vegetarian as children. So it was when it wasn't that popular back in those days. And I went to school, uh, uh, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest mm. and uh, I went to school at Loma Linda University to study nutrition, which is now famous as the blue zones in the U.S. And mm. I studied nutrition at a completely plant-based uh, college, you know, like Everything we learned about, they didn't serve any meat uh, in that community. So, uh, you know, I've always had this kind of uh, background of plant-based nutrition. And then when I really started writing about it, it just kind of exploded from there. Tell us, I mean, the audience too, when obviously in the Pacific Northwest, was it a community of everybody was was eating vegetarian or... I mean, the, the outside world wasn't there at all. How how was it even in, in college when you when you studied there? Obviously, the college was plant based or vegetarian, but there was a bubble, I guess. How how was the world around that? Yeah, well, my parents um, were very involved in in um, their church and in their community. There was really this feeling of morally and ethically that people should try to become more plant based. You know, so that was our community was based on that. And, and it was really like, uh, you know, the striving, striving movement to eat more plant-based and it was not very popular then. I mean, you couldn't find tofu in the supermarket, but there were these little plant-based products that we could find. And my mom would make like veggie loaves and, you know, like nut loaves when nobody was doing that back then, you know, she made her own bread and granola and we just ate really healthfully, but we didn't even realize how lucky we were, you know? So, and then going to school at Loma Linda, it was really famous for being plant-based. And that was really the epicenter of this research on plant-based mm. nutrition was in Loma Linda University. Mm. And what was the reason you also studied nutrition and decided to become a dietitian? Like what was that? Did you always have that interest or like how, how did you, I mean, you grew up eating that way, but then you were also like, Hey, I'm like, I really want to learn more. Yeah. I mean, really what happened was I was eating this way, but it was not very accepted in the scientific community. In fact, there used to be this feeling like 
plant-based was risky. You weren't going to get all your nutrition and all this stuff. But then about three decades ago, the research started coming in on plant-based and in the last 10 years, it skyrocketed. So that's really what set forth this more uh, open embrace of plant-based because we realized, oh, it's not just risky, it's beneficial, you know? So that really like uh, put it on the, on the map, you know, in, in the health community. Was there anything that you, that you, when you were studying, when that was a light bulb moment, any, any study you were like, oh, this is it. This is, this is exactly um, what everybody needed to hear 20 years ago. And I still need to hear it. Was there a moment where you're like, oh yeah, this, this is it. Yeah. When I wrote my first book in 2012, The Plant Power Diet, um, I actually started writing it in 2011, but that was when you would literally see studies coming in every day on plant-based diets and health benefits. It was like in your face. And I realized, you know what? We need to, even if my whole philosophy is, even if you're not ready to go plant-based, like just dive in, even if you just start with uh, meat reduction, um, do a vegan challenge, just get in there and start eating more plant-based and then you can work your way up to it. You know, I mean, some people want to just go all in and that's great. But my belief is that if everybody out there, they, they could all like start eating more plant-based. So you actually saw this out there. I mean, there were numerous studies that came out, the Adventist Health Studies from Loma Linda University, uh, the Adventist Health Studies 2 had come out with basically showing um, this 96,000 person study over numerous years basically showed that the more plant-based the diet, the better. Like everybody got benefits from plant-based, but vegan did the best when it came to like heart health, weight, diabetes, you know, like hypertension. It was like, a linear effect, um, the more plant-based, the better. Yeah. That's so true. So you, you wrote that first book and how, what, what was really the core message there that you wanted to bring along and what were also the reactions of like publishing and how did it go? Yeah. So I wrote the first book and it was really, I call it the Bible of plant-based eating because it really explored everything in an in-depth way. Like what you should eat, like breaking it all into like the fruits and vegetables, the whole grains, the pulses, like breaking it down into why you should eat these foods, how much of them and how to balance your plate. And it did, it got a lot of uh, great reviews and critical success, you know, and, um, and then I wrote the second book that was more like easy tips for eating more plant-based and then recipes. And then of course my blog and everything um, has supported that. I have a lot of followers who are interested in eating more plant-based. So it's been very well accepted in particular uh, among the healthcare community, like mm. doctors and nurses and dietitians um, are starting, you're seeing more and more people recommending plant-based diets. Yeah. I think that's the, for me, that's one of the most exciting things, right? Because I think, There's this tendency still of people always wanting to go hear from their doctor what they have to do. And I think the moment that that's where the change also starts to happen and, and hard doctor starts to recommend, well, you can do this, but this is also what you can do with changing your lifestyle. I mean, that's, that's where the magic happens. Yeah, for sure. And um, my question was also, obviously, as a dietitian, right? Um, not every dietitian is, is planned forward. So a lot of people, right, are, are going to dietitians and 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 then get different 
advice? What would you, is there a change in the dietitian industry too? What are you seeing also? And then how did it change when you first became a dietitian to now? Yeah, you know, our, our education in order to be a dietitian is a bachelor's degree and an internship. And like physicians and other healthcare professionals, we learn from this sort of uh, standard approach that is not 100% plant-based. I mean, it is increasingly accepting of plant-based, mm -hmm. but it's still kind of an old-fashioned curriculum. Um, but I have seen more and more dietitians and doctors coming through wanting to do plant-based nutrition. So, but the problem is, I tell people all the time, if you I, you know, dietitians are very well equipped with nutrition knowledge, but not every dietitian knows about plant-based nutrition. It's like specialties, you know, just like you would go to, you know, an uh, orthopedist if you have issues with, you know, like muscles or bones or whatever. And then, you know, or like you would see a GI doctor if you're having digestive issues, you would need to really see uh, a plant-based dietitian if you're interested in plant-based nutrition, because not every dietitian is really skilled or, um, you know, has resources in that area. So I always tell people there is a wonderful uh, website called Vegetarian Nutrition Dietetic Practice Group. And they basically list dietitians who are skilled at plant-based nutrition all over the country. Mm. So I tell people to go there. Yeah. And you tell people with all sorts of conditions they should they should come to the plant-based dietitians too right because yes that helps a lot you you mentioned gut um if i have a gut problem why why would i come to to a plant-based nutrition what what would you tell me if i come to your practice yeah well i would actually suggest a plant-based diet for that um plant-based diets are good for so many conditions i mean there are things that we have to work around. Like, for example, you could have IBS and I, lots of people want to continue on a plant-based diet when you have IBS, but IBS can be very difficult because of fiber, but there is a way around it, you know, and that's where you could really benefit from seeing a dietitian who can help you with a diet plan that meets your needs. But in general, a plant-based diet is good for all sorts of chronic diseases. We know it's good for diabetes. It's good for cancer. It's good for the heart. It's good for your blood pressure. It's good for your brain. Uh, it's good for digestion. So, you know, it is really good for all of these conditions. However, if you have a very specific medical condition, I would highly advise, uh, you know, speaking with a plant-based dietitian so they can really work out a plan that meets your needs. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's something, right. Super important for people listening to, right. To, to have a plan that, that fits your needs too. Um, there might be a overall theme of plant-based, but but there is an overall. Uh, there might be a, like specific things you can only get from a dietitian. That's why it's so important to yeah. go to them sometimes. What are the the biggest problems you see when people go plant-based if they adopt it by themselves? Like what what do you see the mistakes that people make? That mm -hmm. that's why they actually in the end don't feel good. Then because I still hear it. Right? I talk, yeah, I tried plant-based, but I didn't feel good. Um, and I'm always like, well, this, that doesn't sound right. Like you must have done something out of balance. Um, so I'm curious, I'm curious what you see. Yeah, that's a great question. And I get that a lot too. Um, and I think this is so, so, so important. If you're going to do plant-based, you have to do it right. You, you have to be prepared and it's not really, really hard. I don't want people to think it's this 
you know, really difficult thing to do. But if you're not going to do it correctly, you're not, not going to feel good. You're not going to feel energetic. So the biggest thing I see is people aren't balancing their meals with the major macronutrients like protein, fiber, I mean, well, protein, carbohydrates, and uh, fats. So those are the things I see a lot. Like people will just think, oh, I'll just eat vegetables. Well, if you only eat vegetables, you're not going to be getting a balanced meal. You're going to have low energy levels and you're not going to feel so great, you know? So you have to really make sure each meal is balanced in those things. And that takes a little bit of learning. You have to have a pantry that's well-stocked. You can't just come home and, you know, just eat something that's just not, you know, just like you're filling your belly and you're not really feeling nutritious and satisfied. Um, so that is so important to be prepared for it. And what I like to recommend is if you are going to do a vegan challenge or, you know, start your vegan diet, take a week in advance to get prepared at least a week, you know, like start cooking some recipes, you know, go to the supermarket, like do some research in your neighborhood. What, what are some favorite resources like restaurants? Like if you want to eat out, this is where I'm going to go next week. And, you know, look for some of these things that can help you be prepared so that your your plant-based diet is a success. Yeah, it's such a, yeah, we, we hear it all the time. I don't have the energy, so I need to go back to to eating meat because I have more energy. What, what are you telling people who, who then say, oh no, I have to I have to be on a on a keto diet because I somehow I have more energy there. I know uh, keto diets are my nemesis. I just they're just the the least helpful diet plans on the why planet. Is that? We're with why, you. why is that? Oh, why? Tell us oh, more. They're so about. bad for you. I mean, of course you can lose weight. You can lose weight because you're eating so few foods, you know, and anytime you eliminate that number of foods, you're going to lose weight, but there are better ways to lose weight because we need to think about our overall health, not just this short-term weight loss, you know, and we, cause you can lose weight on a plant-based diet. Research shows people who eat a plant-based diet weigh less than their um, counterparts. Like sometimes a whole BMI range uh, level less. So um, keto diets are so limited in whole plant foods, you know, whole grains, pulses, even fruits and vegetables. And those are the foods that are filled with phytochemicals, fiber, you know, all these things that our guts need. And you're just limiting all of those foods that we know are linked with health. We know we need them. So it's, it's not a good uh, solution for healthy living at all. Mm. I agree. And I think you just said something really important, right? There's a difference between losing weight and being healthy. Um, and obviously, mm. sometimes we need both, but just losing weight doesn't mean you're actually healthy on the inside. So I think that's that's so important for people to realize. And I think I personally think it's a lot healthier to focus on health first and then trusting as you're doing that, the weight will come off eventually. Absolutely. And this, this idea that just because you're thin, you're healthy is so wrong. We have to fix that because there are a lot of people that can be, you know, a little bit overweight in the, you know, in the overweight category that can be much healthier than someone who's really thin and not eating well. So just by looking at somebody, you can't tell how healthy they are. It's just, you know, this oh, this focus on weight loss is just really um, attributes to so many poor, unhealthful diets. I agree. It's uh, 
And let's one, change that. Everyone's listening. Let's change that. <laughs> and let's focus on our health first. Um, mm-hmm. You want to say something? Yeah, I think you just mentioned it with fruits also. A lot of people, right, ask us, and, and that's why we're asking you now. It's like, oh, I, I don't want to eat so many fruits. Uh, there's there's too many. Sugar. Too much sugar. Yeah. And um, yeah, too many uh, carbs and bananas and uh, what will you yeah say to to people who have that myth and belief? Yeah, you know, there's this fear of carbs today, which is completely yeah. inappropriate because humans always uh, relied on carbs as our major source of energy. Um, and a healthy plant-based diet, which was linked to all of these benefits, is higher in carbs on average. Um, so the main thing I like to focus is on quality of carbs because. Uh, I focus on eating mostly whole foods. So like eating that whole banana instead of like, uh, you know, sugar in a a dessert or something. So Mm -hmm. there are different types of of sugars and there are the natural sugars found in fruits. They're also found in vegetables and other whole foods, but those sugars, we don't have to worry about because they come up uh, wrapped up in this beautiful matrix of fiber and vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals. It's the added sugars we have to worry about things like white sugar, you know, or corn syrup, all these added sugars that are damaging to our health. So don't get caught up in those natural sugars when, and it can be confusing when you look at a food label, it can say sugar and you're like, oh my gosh, this has so much sugar, but you have to look at added sugars. Those are the ones you need to really reduce. Um, and you know, I recommend, uh, three, servings of fruit a day to get your, all your nutrients that you need. And, you know, I like to just recommend fruit as your dessert, you know, like just grab a seasonal fruit for your snack dessert and don't worry about that. It's good for you. Yeah, I think it's a great tip also. It's, it's something really nice actually as well as a, as a dessert, as I'm thinking today after my dinner to eat a Mandarin. <laughs> so it's funny. Um, no, this is, these are great tips. And really we good talked tips. about carbs and energy too. And we talked about the myth that people sometimes say, oh, I'm eating a plant-based diet, but I don't have any energy. Yeah. They usually eat too little carbs, right? Um and just too little um, in, in general. Too little in general. Yes. Missing, they're missing all the good carbs. Because I hear so, that. It's mm-hmm. made of, of eating carbs. Yeah. I, I get that all the time. Like I've worked with people and they'll, I always ask them, okay, what did you eat yesterday? And let's go. And I'll, I'll see people like, well, I ate a green juice for breakfast and I had a spinach salad for lunch. It's like, that's not enough. There you go. I mean, yeah. you need, you need some protein in there. You need some like, mm. uh, you know, like a whole grain. So don't be fearful of those foods that you're not getting enough. So, and it, it's an easy thing to do on a plant-based diet that one of the things about a plant-based diet, if you're doing it well, it's so full of fiber. So you can get full fiber is the most satiating nutrient we have. Like fiber is what can really make you feel full. So that's wonderful when you're trying to reduce weight or, you know, conscious of your weight, but if you're, you know, it can also lead you to not eating as much as your body really needs. Yeah. yeah. And you, you said otherwise we we are the stereotypical plant-based eaters who only eat uh, salad and carrot, carrot sticks. And that's not the, yeah. the way a healthy <laughs> uh, whole food plant-based diet is, is um, being eaten. Right. Um, that's, yeah. that's in some people's minds, that's the way, but we'll ask you about some recipes uh, later on, but um, 
Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah, I would love to dive a little bit in because you did a master in science of uh, sustainable food systems. And um, I would love to talk a little bit about that because we talked a lot about how food, right, and plant-based eating really supports your health. But then I think there's this whole other aspect of changing your diet um, where I would love to like learn more about your journey there, what you have learned, and, and really what, what is the impact of the foods we eat uh, on sustainability? Yeah, um, I'm really passionate about sustainability. And in fact, research shows that your diet can be the most significant thing you can do over your lifetime for, to reduce your environmental footprint. So if you think, you know, it, it's even more powerful than the car you drive. So this is a huge thing. We eat at least three times a day and we can make a lower impact on the environment or we can make a very huge impact. And research consistently has shown that plant-based diets have the lowest impact. Vegan diets in particular have the lowest impact. The more plant-based, the better. Even like reducing your meat could have a greater impact. And the main reason is that... Uh, Animal livestock has a detrimental effect on the environment, in particular, um, ruminant animals, which would be cattle um, and sheep. But cattle is, is the large one that we consume in America. And it, there's just so many reasons that it contributes to negative uh, impacts. First of all, you know, they produce methane, which we know is very, very potent greenhouse gas. But over their entire lifetime, they require a lot of water. And then we're they're not living on pastures, you know, the vast majority, something like, I think it's like 97% of, of uh, red meat is coming from a CAFO. So that means, you know, concentrated uh, manures, there's, um, you know, this negative humane impact on the animals. And there's just so many impacts that go in. We're having to grow the food to feed the cattle, which, you know, we could just literally be eating that food directly, but we're growing all this feed to feed cattle over their lifetime. So that has its negative impacts too. So, you know, just eating a plant-based diet is, is probably, you know, the biggest thing you could do to reduce your impact when it comes to your uh, lifestyle, but also other things, you know, I always like to talk to people who are eating a plant-based diet. They're all, okay, you already are doing great. You're eating a plant-based diet, but then you can do even more. Like you can reduce your food waste. You know, that's, 40% of our food is going down the trash and think of all those impacts related to growing that food. You know, you could eat more local seasonal food. You could grow your own food. So there's a lot we can do um, to reduce the impacts on the planet based on our diets. So, um, so important food waste. What are some, some tricks you, you, you do in, in your everyday life to, to reduce it, right? Um, what are some things you discovered maybe you can share with us? Yeah, you know, a lot of people think food waste is happening in the factories and all, but it's actually very little food is wasted in the production of food. It's happening around us at the consumer level. It's happening at supermarkets. It's happening in your, in your refrigerator. It's happening at restaurants. So the number, you know, there's several things you can do, but just being aware of it, And not wasting food, like keeping track of your food, making sure that you're eating the most perishable food. Produce is the, is the most often wasted because it has a short shelf life. So really like making sure you're using up your produce before it goes bad. If it's going to go bad, make a smoothie right away or like freeze it or something, make a soup and saving your leftovers. I think those are two huge things. Like 
you know, people just eat half of their food and throw it away. Why not pack it away and have it for lunch the next day? So really, those are two big things that could make a huge impact. And I love leftovers. These are the best meals. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to the cook. Day after, the day after, it actually tastes better because then your, your spices are even more in. And I, I, yeah. love, I love leftovers. Yeah. Cold also. Somehow I love cold uh, food. Maybe it's tasty, a little more tasty sometimes. Yeah. Um, um, so these are great tips. I also love what you said, either just freeze it in, right? Which is so simple, mm. direct thing to do. And I think even just making a smoothie, making a soup. I, I mean, I we actually just did that the other night. We grabbed all our old veggies and just made a quick stir fry out of it. And we're like, we have no idea how this is going to taste. <laughs> we can use them right now. Um, so we're just going to throw it together and we'll figure it out. Um, yeah. So. It's uh, Sharon, I mean, we, it has been known, right, for, for so long also in sustainability that what oh, has been now the last years and stuff, um, more and more, um, yeah, open publicly that, that plant-based eating is so much better for the environment. What do you think why people in, have still reservations against that? What do you hear in your practice if people are like, oh, no. I, I cannot do that. Maybe other people should do it. What is your kind of your, your feedback on why maybe not more people um, are already on this bandwagon? Yeah, um, I think, you know, we just have a lot of, of way to go. You know, I live in California. It's so we're so interested in plant based and sustainability. And, um, you know, it's it's so easy to eat that way here. I mean, it's just every restaurant has vegan options or, you know, it's just when I go to the supermarket, every time there's more options. So it's just so easy to eat that way. And I, and I do see it increasing across the country and even the world and Europe, I'm seeing more plant-based options. It, it's really exciting to go to the supermarket right. and just every time you see more things, you know, uh, it's just so wonderful. But one of the things I like to, recommend and and not everyone agrees with me on this is just getting on that plant waste based bandwagon whatever works for you you know like if you could start with meatless monday you know just have a whole day of meatless eating on monday just start with that and and then you're going to realize oh it's not that bad you know like let me do monday wednesday friday now or or you have this movement where people eat vegan until 6 p.m. you know that's another movement so just trying to find a way that you can eat more plant-based because what if what if we could reduce meat by 50% which is what a lot of experts are calling for right now what if we could do that like mm. the whole world reduced well and of course this i'm talking about industrialized nations right now if we yeah. could reduce meat by 50% so you know you don't have to say oh i'm going to commit to this right now But at least if you could just get started and, and like, if we can spread that message to people, because it's starting to become like, as your podcast says, it's starting to become cool and sexy to be plant-based, right? So it's, I cook plant-based for everybody. I have tons of omnivore friends and like, I can make something like my vegan lasagna and put it on a buffet and it's the first thing to go. And nobody even noticed it was vegan. So it's like this healthy, delicious lifestyle. And I think, Sharon, um, I totally agree with you. I think so many people always think it's black and white. 
right? I have yes. to do percent or or otherwise I'm not part of the club and and I don't I don't want to be part of this. And it's I think what what you're saying and and more people should do that and listen to this is it's not about a hundred percent. It's about the ten percent. It's about the the first five percent, but then about the thirty percent at one point. And and then we have a collective huge change in the world, right? If if we had would have a meatless Mondays from everyone in the world, this would make a huge difference, right? In terms of sustainability, climate change, etc. Health and your own health yes. too, right? Every and, and step think, makes a difference. I think it's so fascinating. We live in this world of like, oh, I ate this. Okay, now my whole diet is out of the window for the rest of the week, and I can start next Monday again. And it's like, no, every every meal counts and not every meal you're going to, even when you eat 100% plant-based, not every meal might be the healthiest and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just It's step-by-step step and just like making more of the right choices over time. Exactly. And compared to, and compared to when you started your journey, which started when you were born, <laughs> and there's a lot more, there's a lot more options. Right, a lot oh. more if people want to. Hey, I want to have butter and I want to have cheese. Yes, there are plant-based butters and cheese, and they're amazing. Absolutely, you're right. It's like the easiest time ever to start eating plant-based because it's everywhere. It's like, you know, I, I mean, I, I would have to pack things. I could never rely on a restaurant. Like, you know, I, if I were going on a trip somewhere, I had to always plan. And now, you know, it's just, I don't even worry about it that much, you know? So it is a really easy time and just getting on that journey and starting, you're going to have health benefits. You're going to make an impact on the planet. So I, you know, as we talk to, I think one of the biggest mistakes we make sometimes is uh, coming across in a way that we discourage our friends from eating plant-based, you know, maybe we're judgmental or maybe we're like, you know, like coming across in a way that you know, that's negative, but we have to be positive and loving and supportive. You know, if, if, if people just want to eat, start eating more plant-based, giving them that encouragement. Mm. Um, totally, totally agree. One more thing we talked about, um, we still hear sometimes and want to obviously hear from you as an expert. Um, yeah, yes, plant-based, but, but I don't get all my nutrients. Um, how are you yeah, having your clients deal with that? And, and I'm sure you hear that a lot too. Um, what are you recommending? Yeah, well, one of the things I, I tell people is, first of all, it's not really all that difficult um, if you just eat a balanced diet. And what I mean by balanced is make sure that every meal you're getting some whole grains, you're getting fruits and vegetables, and you're getting a plant protein and then some healthy fat. So that's a balanced meal. Um, so for example, um, you know, plant proteins could be like tofu or beans or nuts or like dried peas, soy foods. And then of course, whole grains would be things like oats and, and brown rice and sorghum and quinoa. And then of course, fruits and vegetables. And the more diversity, the better. So that's really the foundation. And then of course, um, some of the nutrients are a little bit harder to get like B12, for example, you really have to supplement B12. You're going to read tons of mythology on B12. You do need a supplement. There's just no two ways about it. So take a B12 and, um, I recommend a thousand milligrams or micrograms a couple times per week on that. Um, and then, 
Calcium is another nutrient that can be a little bit difficult, but I like to, to recommend fortified plant-based milk. And if you're just constantly, that has calcium in it. And if you're, if you're using that in your coffee and your cereal and your baking and your cooking, then you're going to get some there. And then also like calcium rich veggies, you know, like cruciferous veggies. So there are calcium sources, iron for many, I have had no problem with iron. Sometimes some plant-based uh, people who are on a plant-based diet will have anemia, but iron can be found in lots of plant-based foods. So like pulses and whole grains. Um, so, you know, just making sure, again, you're eating that balanced diet. Vitamin D is a shortfall for everyone, no matter what your diet is. We don't get enough vitamin D because it's the sunshine vitamin and we live indoors now. We used to be outdoors all the time. So that's a problem for everybody, but you can get that from sunlight and again, uh, fortified foods. So, the, but, but overall, a healthy, balanced plant-based diet does meet a lot of your nutrient needs. Amazing. And then um, obviously we want to know from you how, what, what are you eating during a day? Like you're busy, <laughs> you lines, you have books, you're speaking, you have blog, writing, you're writing. Um, and, and, um, a lot of people, right. Always say, oh, if I would have time, I would eat plant-based. Um, so one thing with all the guests we're always asking, um, what, what, what's your typical day from, from you look like, um, from, from breakfast to dinner? That's a great question. And I love that you brought out uh, the time thing, because I hear that from people. I don't have time. Yeah. I don't, they think it's going to take a lot of time or that it takes a lot of cooking skills they don't have, but it doesn't, I know that it can seem like a super gourmet thing. And there are lots of gourmet uh, vegan recipes out there, but you, it can be so easy. Like it can be tacos with black beans or, or hummus and a pita bread, you know, but, um, what I usually do is I have a really, I make a smoothie every single morning for breakfast and that's my breakfast. It's, it's like super nutritious. It's like a light breakfast. And then I always have, um, for lunch, a lot of times I eat leftovers, what was left from last night, but it'll be a balanced meal. Like last night we had, um, my recipe it's on my blog for black bean, um, enchiladas. Mm. And so there was, you know, I made it, uh, for my husband and I, and there's leftovers. So we're going to have that for lunch, but it could be, if I don't have leftovers, I'll just have a big salad and maybe I throw some quinoa in there. Um, and then so a can of chickpeas and then whatever veggies I have, that could be a typical meal because then it will have protein. It'll have whole grains, veggies. And then for dinner, we usually have a nice dinner where, um, you know, it can be chili with cornbread or with a salad on the side, but I usually like to have something a little bit nicer. It can have a big, be a big pot of soup that has mm -hmm. lentils in it, you know, with the whole grain bread and a salad. Mm -hmm. um, tonight I'm going to make lasagna because it's Valentine's <laughs> tonight. Sorry. I'm just here. Uh, Michael. Like, I'm like, Michael, are you <laughs> I'm getting hungry? I'm getting hungry. I'm just like lasagna. Yes. All day. I know it shows you, you know, we, we do not starve in our household. People who think that vegans starve, oh my gosh, if they just need to come to my house. <laughs> yeah, or, read, or read one of your amazing books too, with all the great recipes in your blog too. And um, what is in your smoothie, if I, if I can ask? Is there a, spe you have a special Favorite? super smoothie or, or is it similar or some, some things you add in? Um, yes, I have it on my blog. It's called my antioxidant smoothie. Mm, um, what's it and it's, I, I make this every morning kind of as like a 
a, a wellness thing. And I, yeah. I put, I have a garden, I grow my own kale, but so I always put my own kale in there. Um, I put berries, berries are super good for your health. So I have frozen berries right now because they're kind of not very seasonal. And then I put uh, vegan protein powder in there. And I mm. put this, this is like a wellness drink. I have green tea powder. I have mushroom powder. I have, um, what else am I putting? Oh, flax seeds. Um, I'm trying to think if I missed anything. It's like no, is it, my uh, regular, what's that? So kale and berries. When I mm. try to do that, I'll, I'll end up in a brown smoothie. How's your smoothie? <laughs> is it a, it's a green pretty or? green looking because okay, it has so much green. kale. And okay, if great. you look at my picture on my blog for my antioxidant smoothie, it's not really pretty. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's pretty muddy green looking. But you Some know what? My, my smoothies turn out brown. Crystals turn out so perfect. My, mine are either green or red. Oh, right. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. It's not pretty to look at, but it's it tastes good. And it's, um, and it's got, I'm really doing this as a targeted approach for health. It's almost like my prescription, you know, like, because I want to make sure I'm getting these things in my diet. And, you know, you don't have to do that antioxidant smoothie every day, but you know, I, sometimes I will have like a uh, porridge, like oats with whatever fruit I have and nuts and soy milk. So there are different things that I like to have for breakfast. Yeah. I I'm with you though. I think there's something about a smoothie that is, I think also in the morning to hydrate. I think that's another piece that I love about having a smoothie. And then you can just pack so much in there and drink something delicious while you're already getting a portion of veggies and then you can add the yeah. with it. So it's, I don't know. It's it's just a really easy way of already starting your day off, and you're like, oh, I already have all these wins, and I already got all this yeah. in me. Um, and it it gets. I feel if you, for me personally, if I start really good in the morning, it's so much easier to also just make better choices throughout the rest of the day as well. Exactly. And I have here's a tip that I've started with my smoothie because it's you know I work at home, I have my office at home, and it's like everybody's busy in the morning, right? So what I do is I make a huge, I have a Vitamix. I make a huge batch of smoothies like I did last night. And then I pre-portion them in mason jars in the refrigerator. So then I just grab and go. So then I don't have to, it takes a certain amount of time to put all those ingredients in there. So now it's just easy. Like I grab and go my smoothie for the day. They're all in mason jars for the, the week. <laughs> That's a great thing. Yeah. And um, I seal them like I can, if I have a, an appointment, I can even drink it in the car. And if you're sealing them, you're keeping the nutrients in. So I just put, you know, the mason jar lid on top. That's a great tip. Before we go into rapid fire, where can people find more about you? What should they first consume? The latest book, California Vegan or the other ones? What, what would you, where, where should people go? Yeah, well, you can go to my website at SharonPalmer.com. And it's also under the PlantPoweredDietitian.com. I have those. It both takes you to the right place. But you'll find like all sorts of free resources there. You'll find out uh, about my books, where you can get my books. Um, the Plant Powered Diet is more like the Bible to plant-based eating. And then Plant Powered for Life is more about cooking. And then California Vegan is my latest book which is about the inspiration of the California lifestyle and the history of plant-based eating here. And it's just a really beautiful, um, delicious uh, cooking reference for plant-based eating. But I also have a lot of free resources on my website. I have a free uh, vegan toolkit. If you want to do a vegan challenge, 
you can download the toolkit and it tells you everything you need to know about starting a vegan diet. And I have just tons of recipes and and science-based articles all there for you. So please, everybody watching, SharonPalmer.com. I'm on it right now. Best vegan chocolate cream pie. That looks super delicious. Uh, <laughs> dark chocolate the healthy way um so if you oh we like chocolates if it's you only look for us. something clay based <laughs> um and i love um 30 minutes or less there's always great recipes great churn um we have a rapid fire to end the podcast and this is pretty standard everybody goes through this so we'll get started what's your favorite plant milk I use soy milk because it's high in protein, but I love oat milk for the creaminess of it. What's your favorite cheat food? I don't really like the word cheat because I feel like it makes you feel guilty for things. But I will say that when I want a special treat, we have a local vegan ice cream maker in our Mm -hmm. community. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. Favorite book or documentary about health besides your own books? <laughs> you know, I I have to actually say that uh, a diet for a small planet, which was written, I think, in the '60s. I still think it's my go-to. It, it inspired so much plant-based eating in the United States. Nice. I have not heard of that one yet. This is yeah. <laughs> Um, and any favorite documentary? You know, there's so many. I, I I liked What the Health. I liked Game Changers. I liked Forks Over Knives. So many good ones. Uh, favorite workout? I like to walk and hike. That's my fa- Hiking is my favorite, but I walk every day with my dogs. I never leave the house without. So I uh, love vegan jerky because... I have it in my purse. I, there's several brands, but the one I like is high in protein. So if I ever get somewhere where I'm just getting a salad, you know, I'll just munch on one of those. Nice. When I get hangry, I eat. Um, I would say hummus is my. <laughs> I can't live without hummus. It's in my refrigerator 24 seven. Great snack. Great snack. Hummus with some carrots or something. As a yeah. as a person who gets hangry a lot. Not a lot. Um, you? Yeah, definitely don't. A lot? Yeah. Okay. Um, I need to have some some sna- healthy snacks in the house. Uh, Sharon, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This was super interesting and, and so many valuable tips for everybody that listened. Thank you so much. It's really fun.